Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Ridiculous Romance. I'm Eli. I'm Diana. We're so happy to have you. As always. I was just laughing at myself, Diana, in here. Because I'm thinking back to last year, or even, you know, it's our first year when we were doing this show, and we spent so much time before every record going into the bathroom and pinning sound blankets to the walls <laughs> and, you know, busting out this table and all this uh-huh. elaborate equipment. Anyway, fast forward, I'm now like sitting on the couch <laughs> with the microphone on the coffee table. You're in the other room. We just got a long cord to separate us. <laughs> Uh, I'll take out the echo in post. It's okay, just like we, yeah. we used to put so much. And I think we just learned. It's kind of been nice to reflect on how much we've learned. Definitely. I can't do anything for two years and not, not get better at it, I hope. Right. I have listened to some early episodes and um, we've changed. We've come a long way. <laughs> we've come a long way, yeah. baby. But like in a good way. I mean, I thought we did a really good job when the show started. But it is nice to know that like we didn't say, eh, good enough and stay there. Yeah, totally. You know, mm-hmm. so I've been cleaning up around the house a little bit. Who wants an original Lord of the Rings collector <laughs> set of Pez dispensers? Because <laughs> I, I looked <laughs> it up. We I, got you them. know, I, I've, we've had this sitting on our shelf for a long time. Listen, it's got a layer of dust on top of that box. And I'll tell you, I looked it up on eBay and they're going for upwards of $12. <laughs> so, how much did you collectors. spend? Nineteen ninety nine. It was a gift. Thank you oh, very much. Oh, okay. It was in my stocking one year. I bet it was thirty dollars. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It was like I remember seeing them at CVS. Oh, okay. they're probably nine ninety nine. Okay, that's twelve ninety nine. Right. I don't know. There's like 
what, 12 characters in there? Is it the entire fellowship? But yeah, I guess that's nine, isn't it? Famously it be nine, nine characters. But isn't there a Gollum one? <laughs> yeah, there's a Gollum too. I feel like they left somebody. Ten. Out. I should have it in front of me and then I could accurately describe it. But instead, <laughs> it's over there on the other side of the room. Because it's going in the thrift store box. That's right. <laughs> Some child will be very happy. The Pez is his. still the in Pez there. The Pez is still in there. And I don't think Pez can expire. I think mm. Pez will be on this earth long after we're all gone. <laughs> It'll be Pez and cockroaches. Yep. Yep. All alone. Living in harmony. <laughs> happy as clams. Well, anyway, let's get to the story. Yeah. Who cares about Pez? Right. Um, Pez, we are open to a sponsorship at any time. <laughs> uh, this story was suggested by Simon Chinguetti one on Twitter. And he also suggested Amy Bach, which is one of my favorite stories oh, about so the good. sweetest con woman in the world. Yeah. Uh, so please go check that episode out. And Simon delivered again with this suggestion as well. Um, today, we are talking about Isabel and Jean Godin des Odonais, who were married in 1741 and then separated for over 20 years. Oh, no. And Isabel's incredible and harrowing journey to get back to her husband is the stuff that epics are made of. So let's hear all about her trek through the Amazon jungle to reunite with the love of her life. Yeah, let's go. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Isabel was born in Riobamba in the Spanish Viceroyalty of Peru, which is now Ecuador, in South America. And her father was the wealthy Don Pedro Gramasoni Bruno, a government administrator. Isabel was well-educated. She spoke fluent French and Spanish, as well as Quechua, the indigenous language. Oh, okay. And she was also quite a looker. Mm. She had, like, fair skin, black hair, totally pretty. If that's your thing. If that's your thing. Uh, Jean Godin des Odonais was a cartographer, and he had been attached to the world's first geodesy expedition. He was working under Charles-Marie de la Condamine, and they intended to find out how big around the Earth was by measuring the equator. Mm -hmm. Probably doing a lot of complicated math right. <laughs> that I can't tell you about. <laughs> geodesy in general is like the science of measuring the 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 fundamental properties of the Earth, like its shape and its orientation in space, oh, cool. and, and the gravity. That. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So Jean must have been, I mean, pretty brave, right? Kind of courageous, because members of expeditions like this in exploration groups and stuff, they often die, you know, because they're going to places they're not, you know, used to the climate. Right. They might not be supplied heavily. There's nobody there to help them. It's kind of a big gamble because if it pays off, you're like enshrined in history. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, like, you know, you don't get back to write your book. So nobody ever hears about it. You're enshrined in a dirt nap. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think he had probably some fantastic courage within him. Jean was also a naturalist. He was very interested in observing and recording the flora and fauna of the Amazon mm. as well. So he was kind of doing two science things at once. Okay. And he arrived in Riobamba in 1735. At some point, he met Isabel, and they fell in love and got married in 1741, when Isabel was 14 years old and Jean was 28. Oh, uh, it's not, I mean, uh, it's not the best stage gap. Literally twice. Not great. This girl's age. Not great. Not great. But it gets 1735, 1741, right. well, 41, you yeah, know. So. 
A different time. A different time. Although Rio Bamba sounds like the most fun town oh my God. on the planet. Rio Bamba. I know, right? I just want to so dance. <laughs> I hope they have cool parties in Rio Bamba. They have to. All you have to say is it's a Rio Bamba party. Oh, and shit. it's and you've got a great party. I'm coming. Now, in 1744, their expedition ended. Uh, in fact, this expedition, eh, it got a little roasted by Voltaire. He wrote, quote, In dull distant places you suffered to prove what Newton knew without having to move. Damn. So they're like trying to prove laws of gravity and the circumference of the earth and stuff. And they're like, Isaac Newton figured that out with a pen and paper. All right. And you're like cast doing out whole expeditions. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and y'all run around in Rio Bamba. I didn't know Voltaire was such a shit poster. Oh, my God. Apparently, he was a major jerk sometimes. <laughs> a real troll. Well, he knew, you know, attention is currency. True. That was Voltaire originally. Quote. Quote Voltaire. Attention is currency. So after this expedition ended, La Condamine and the rest of the team headed back to France. But Jean stayed in Rio Bamba with his wife, his young too young Very wife. young wife, yeah. <laughs> um, and he continued to collect plant life and make observations about the wildlife. The man just couldn't give up his passions. Mm -hmm. Isabel was a wealthy heiress. So having married her, Jean now had the money that he needed to live comfortably and fund his natural science studies. Isabel did get pregnant a few times, but none of the children survived infancy. And finally, in 1749, Jean heard that his father had died back in France, so he decided it was time to head home. To get to France, Jean would first have to go to French Guiana on the opposite coast of South America to make preparations and arrangements. This trip would take at least one or two years tops, and Isabel was pregnant at the time that he left, so he kissed her goodbye to wait for him. Uh, again, just for up to two years, just for him to make arrangements for them to go to France. Mm -hmm. it took a long time to get to Europe. From South America. I mean, it took you a year just to make your plans. Right. You left home and you had to mean that shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just turn it around. Isabel's like, OK, well, I'm pregnant. So you go make those arrangements and I'll make our baby. Right. <laughs> when right? you get back, the three of us will go to France. Now, surely if she had not been pregnant, she probably just would have gone with him. They would have yeah. waited in Guyana while he, you know, got got their shit together. Right. Absolutely. But I imagine, especially after having lost a few babies. Yeah. You know, they were like being real careful with this one. Yeah. So, yeah, he's over in Cayenne in French Guiana trying to, you know, get get the tickets and whatever else you got to do to get over to France. And then he's like, great. Dust his hands off. Ready to get back and get my wife. Mm -hmm. But when he tried to go back to Riobamba the Spanish and Portuguese authorities would not let him cross the border. Oh. Because he was a French citizen, not a particularly important one, you know, because his he wasn't attached to an expedition anymore or anything. Right. He was just some guy. And things were kind of politically complicated between these three countries. They did not particularly care that he had family and their territory to get back to. They're just oh, like, man. you ain't a citizen, you ain't coming in. So France, Spain, and Portugal all beefing so you can't move around South America freely? I guess so, right? Jeez. So... John was stuck in French Guiana and he tried everything. He wrote letter after letter to the French government trying to get a passport only to get stuck in governmental bureaucracy. Uh. And of course, he also tried to write to Isabel, too, but none of his letters ever made it to her, partly because the mail routes were insane. 
partly because of this, whatever the beef was between these three countries, (laughs) because he actually would have to write a letter from French Guiana in South America, put it on a ship to France. Oh, my God. Where it would then have to be put on a Spanish ship going back to Peru. (laughs) So he's closer to her, but he still has to send it halfway across the world to get it back over here. Wow, that's so I've had that, you know, where you send a package and it's like, well, it went to Oregon first before Uh, it went to the next town over. Yeah. Or some of those layovers. Yes. You you try to fly to L.A. from Atlanta and they're like, all right, just a quick stop over in Istanbul. Uh, (laughs) Well, it saves me 75 bucks. I'll do it. (laughs) I'll do it. Can I check a bag? Uh, So, yeah, these mail routes were very long and circuitous. And also a lot of wars were breaking out uh, around this time. Mm. So ships were constantly lost at sea and Jean's letters with them. Oh, jeez. Now, Jean got so desperate that he even started writing letters trying to foment a war between Portugal and France. He's like, if we're going to do this, let's do it. (laughs) I'm trying to understand how that would help. (laughs) Yeah, you know, he's just like... If we get an official war going, mm-hmm. maybe the lines will loosen up and I could just slip through while everyone's distracted. Oh, <laughs> You've okay. got all these soldiers at the border stopping me from crossing. So let me give them something else to do. <laughs> Sean was like, I'll <laughs> grab one at the end and we'll tussle behind the trees. I'll put his hat on. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll march my way back to Isabel. <laughs> like he's like writing letters thinking this will spark a war, which I suppose wars have been started over pettier things. Absolutely. I think many a letter has started a war, probably. Dear King of Portugal, I think you smell. Signed, King of France. (laughs) Declare war on France immediately. Well, finally, in 1765, Jean's old boss, La Condamine, remember him? He wrote a letter to the Portuguese king on Jean's behalf. Probably like... Hey, man, this this old guy here, he's trying to start a war now. He's really going through it. <laughs> he must you know, love his wife. Can we get him home, please? Okay. And the king, who actually wanted to get in good with the French, went ahead and ordered a ship to take Jean back to his wife. He's like, Yay, of course, finally. I will give you whatever you want. This was a 30-oar galliot, which departed from Cayenne in French Guiana. But Jean wasn't on it. See, Jean had talked so much shit about Portugal <laughs> trying to get a war going and all these letters, his written evidence all over the globe, uh-huh. that he was afraid the Portuguese were mad at him. The whole thing was a trap and the captain of the ship was going to kill him once they got out on the river. So the galleot left without him and sailed down the, the Amazon River anyway. And they were like, we're supposed to take this guy. He didn't show go. up. <laughs> we waited the standard five minutes that Uber tells us we have to wait. That's right. And we moved um, on. You missed your ride, sir. Bye. <laughs> That makes me think of a good Brooklyn Nine-Nine quote. Of course it does. Of course it <laughs> does. Gina Linetti says, that's why you always say your insults in person. No paper trail. <laughs> you know, we have a hand-painted sign on the wall that says it has been zero days <laughs> since there was no Brooklyn Nine-Nine quotes. And it's just painted permanently because I know it'll that's never right. change. That's right. So Jean's going through all this. He's writing all these letters. He's, he's trying to get his ass back home to his wife and child. And meanwhile, Isabel is waiting and waiting and waiting. Mm. Um, She had moved from Riobamba to a smaller town called Guzman, and she had the baby. It was a daughter, a baby girl. And people were telling her constantly, you know, Jean abandoned you. He remarried. He died. You know, they they were like, years are going by. He's not coming back, honey. You need to get remarried or do something with yourself. Mm -hmm. But she refused to listen to any of them. And she waited for years growing older. Uh, She was living mostly in seclusion because women did not go out without a male escort at that time, of course. 
her and her family kind of fell on hard times. Uh, Jean had apparently lost a lot of her money in speculation Whoops. before he had left for French Guiana in the first place. But oh, then her geez. family also lost some wealth and just things were not stable over there. Yeah. And her and Jean's only living child had grown into a teenager but tragically died at 19 from smallpox. Oh, man. So she never got to meet her father, and Jean never got to meet his oh, daughter. Oh, awful. So sad. And Isabel, of course, was devastated. Yeah. But a little hope was brought to her. There were rumors going around that a boat was waiting on the Amazon River to take Isabel to Jean. Oh, which would be the craziest rumor to hear, I have to say. Yeah. That someone would be like, hey, girl, did you know that the Portuguese king sent a 30-oar galleo down the river for you? <laughs> right, <laughs> that would yeah. be the weirdest river. <laughs> what has been happening okay, over there? Wow, you know? <laughs> Jean has been doing something. <laughs> right. Um, but, of course, these are just rumors, right? right? Uh, so Isabel's father, Don Pedro, and Isabel's enslaved servant, Joaquim, and a few others went to see if the ship was actually there. Okay. Pretty important to, like, verify that yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> now, two years later, the party returned and told Isabel the good news. Yes, there is a ship, a big-ass ship, and it's ready to take you back to your husband. It was waiting at the closest possible port, which was still 3,000 miles away over the Andean Mountains and through the Amazon Basin. So just a, a short hike um, <laughs> through the jungle. Right. I also want to point out, um, this was four years after the Galliot left French Guiana. Wow. So they so were waiting chilling. for a long time. Yeah. For Man, it took so long to do anything oh back then. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, showing up on a boat today and being told, okay, this is where you'll be for the whole next presidential cycle? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's not how me? I would have thought of it, but my God. It does make it sound a lot harder that four way. years. Oof. Imagine the sailors. I hope the port was cool because they were there for four years. Oh, I know, right? I mean, are they laying down roots themselves? Like, if I'm somewhere for four years, it's probably a wife and kids. Okay, it's all they're, happening. They're starting whole families. Uh -huh. <laughs> what is this uh, gap on your resume? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, this ship was indeed ready and waiting for her. And her father, Don Pedro, had stayed behind at the ship to make all the arrangements. Mm -hmm. So Isabel starts packing her shit and gathering a, a traveling party together. It was time to take matters into her own hands and get back to her husband. That's right. But this might have been one of the most ill-fated road trips of all time. And we're going to hear all about the terrors and the adventure and the chaos right after this break. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable and with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome back to the show, everybody. So in 1769, Isabel had a team of 42 people ready to take the arduous journey with her to the Galliot. And it was her, her servant, Joachim, her 10-year-old nephew, two of her brothers, three maids, three Frenchmen, one of whom was a doctor, and 32 natives who were all there to carry all the stuff. Of course. Of course. Uh, They were like porters, I guess you would call them. And, you know, they had quite a lot of stuff because this is a very serious trip. Again, we're talking a six-month, 3,000-mile trip over a mountain range, around an active volcano, through the heart of the jungle, you know, serious shit. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Down an intense Amazon River, you know. But it was also a trip that a lot of people had taken before, right? So kind of like an Appalachian Trail, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everybody, there's a lot of pointers and blogs you can look at. (laughs) You know, so they carve little stone steps into the path and (laughs) trail markers. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's a little, like, flag, you know, Mm -hmm, something. mm Mm-hmm. So Isabel is packing fine china and linen. Oh. <laughs> she's packing a bunch of dresses and shoes. Oh, you my know? goodness. Um, her her brothers insisted that she be carried in a sedan chair rather than walk. Wow. As befit her station in Ooh, life. Oh, yes, of course. So it kind of reminds me of, like, the Oregon Trail. Um, I don't know if you, like, when people left the East Coast, they would bring, like, pianos. And oh, yeah. Stuff. And as they traveled across the country and it got crazy arduous, you would see <laughs> other people's nice stuff left on the yeah. side of the trail. They would leave pianos and, yes. and, and dishes and this piano family is heirlooms. firewood now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, beautiful pendulum clocks, whatever. Like, Oof. they would leave, a lo- they would take with them a lot of their belongings. Mm-hmm. And it said, if you stand near Chimney Rock and listen carefully at night, you can still hear that grandfather clock chime today. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of thinking, too, about our flag means death. Yeah. How he had all that 
all those books and right. <laughs> chandeliers and nice things. <laughs> so she, yeah, she's kind of packing, you know, her whole life up. She's expecting overpacked. maybe to not come back to Riobamba. Right. She's like, I got to bring all my good shit with me. Right. And everyone in her traveling party, they all had different reasons for joining her. They weren't just there to, like, help her out, you know, escort her or whatever. Because one of her brothers wanted his son, her nephew, to get a European education. Oh, okay. So his plan was to actually send the, the son along with Isabel and Jean to France. Joachim, the servant, had been promised his freedom for, oh. for joining her on this journey, okay. helping her out. The native porters had just been paid handsomely for their services. Ah. So that they were like, great, let's go. So at any rate, with all their various uh, goals in mind, they set out in October, ripe and ready for adventure. Mm. So Joaquin was an enslaved person, even. He wasn't even just like her hired servant. No, exactly. It's it's strange because a lot of the sources are like, he's an enslaved servant. So I'm assuming they're just trying to m- maybe just distinguish him as like a maybe a house servant oh, rather okay. than like a field hand or something right, like okay. it, it, he was like her personal gotcha. like butler type bodyguard sort of guy but he was someone for whom pre- uh, freedom had for to be promised freedom had to be yes wow yes. okay he was right. definitely not indentured or something like yeah he, yeah this wasn't a job he applied for because he was looking for work <laughs> Doubtful. yeah all right all right but she said she would free him yeah she said help me out get me to french guiana i'll free you when we get there wow okay said, all right girl let's uh, do this very uh, Aladdin and the genie. I be know, like, right? okay, you gonna you think you don't want that third wish now? <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you when it comes to it. Guess what? You do. Well, he made the Aladdin made the right choice in the end. I hope Isabel does. We'll too. see. We'll see. We'll see. So they set out for this adventure, but their trip hit snags almost immediately. Just nine days into this six month trek. They planned to stop at a mission in Canelos to resupply and get a boat to take them downriver. But when they arrived, the village of Canelos had been burned to the ground. It turned out that it had been ravaged by smallpox, and most of the residents there had died. All 32 of the native porters that they had hired to carry all their stuff immediately turned around and were like, smallpox? Nope. Bye. And took (laughs) off into the forest back home. See y'all. And they abandoned Isabel and Joaquim, her family, the maids, and the Frenchmen. All of these guys were just left on their own. That's Good right. luck. Jean Wilson Murray, in her article, Surviving the Amazon with Faith and Determination, says that Isabel made the mistake of paying them the full amount ahead of time. Oops. So they basically were like, we already got paid, and there's smallpox here, so let's fucking go. Always do half up front, half on yes. delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Well, three Canelos mission survivors, all natives of the area, were found in the jungle nearby, and they agreed to repair a 40-foot canoe for the travelers and help them navigate the river. They're like, well, our town burned down, so yeah, what, what else, else are we going to do? <laughs> so true. So now their original 42-person party was down to only 14 people. So they all pile their supplies and their selves into this repaired canoe. Oof. And they start making their way down the Amazon River. <laughs> and I'm seeing like it's got duct tape on the side. Okay. Yeah. They're loading like all these china cabinets into it. <laughs> it's got to be fine. <laughs> There's definitely got to be a nice mahogany trunk full of like right. beautiful clothes and mm-hmm. stuff. But this river, the river was flooding at this time. And it would rise around 10 feet every day. Oof. So they're like basically shooting the rapids here in this little canoe. God. And the boat capsized repeatedly. Uh. 
And then one day, the French doctor's hat fell into the rapids. Oh, no. And one of the Canelos natives reached into the rushing waters of the river to retrieve it and then fell overboard and drowned. Oh, my God. This is how crazy the river was at this time. He got swept away. And how crazy the French were about their hats. I know. I was like, why did he even try? (laughs) He's like, well, he died a hero's death. (laughs) Trying to do the noble thing. I must have my chapeau. Truly, he had no other choice. (laughs) I will remember his name. uh, Pedro or something, I think. So anyway, they figured out this canoe is just weighed down, right? It's got too much stuff in it. There's too many people. It's not working. My grandmother gave me that trunk. (laughs) Your grandmother's trunk. Lady, it's the 1700s. Your grandmother (laughs) gave you everything you have. (laughs) And now it's going to the river. Your grandmother's given the trunk to the river. (laughs) So anyway, they find this sandbar and they they pull they pull over. <laughs> they get on the sandbar and they kind of pull most of the stuff out. Sure. They leave some supplies to the doctor and Joaquin because those two are going to take the canoe further down the river, oh. find a second ship for the rest of the party. OK. And then Isabel, her family, the maids and the Canelos natives would wait on the sandbar for them to return. Oh, so a classic we need to split up scenario. Yeah, that always works. Mm hmm. Two weeks later, there was no sign of the doctor or Joaquin, and Isabel and her group were being beset by biting insects. And and we're talking Amazonian okay. biting insects here, okay? So bigger These than you. These irregular mosquitoes. Prehistoric, you know, <laughs> mosquitoes and botflies. And all these bites were starting to get infected. And some of them, we're not sure exactly who, but likely the Canelos natives died on the sandbar from infection. The rest of them built their own raft to take down the river. They're like, we can't stay here anymore. We got to do something. Mm -hmm. But the raft quickly capsized and most of their remaining supplies went into the water. They were left to continue the journey through the jungle on foot. And bug bites continued to fester and people continued to die. First, Isabel's 10-year-old nephew. And then the Frenchman Then, one by one, each of her maids, and finally, both of her brothers. Isabel was now completely alone in the Amazon rainforest, her entire family dead around her, with no hope of rescue. No one knew where she was. God. And they do, they point that out in some of the sources, is that they were trying to just follow the river. But the river, you know, twists and turns. Yeah. So it wasn't really the sh- the most direct route right. to uh, whether where they were going. So they were just kind of wandering and, and getting turned around and not knowing where to go. And again, they were very worried about food because a lot of the food, edible things are toxic yeah. <laughs> in the rainforest. So they weren't finding a lot of food. It was just a just a horrible situation all around. I mean, plus, if you aren't familiar, the Amazon rainforest, it's pretty dense. There's not a lot of walking paths easily through it. And of course, everything's trying to kill you. Yeah. Um, I actually, my fifth grade class bought uh, an acre, I believe, of the Amazon rainforest. So I would just be down there trying to ask if I could get to that, please. (laughs) I own a piece of this. (laughs) Excuse me. Can you tell me where Mr. Green's fifth grade class's (laughs) acre is? Because I believe it's around here somewhere. It's got to be around here somewhere. I own that. So, <laughs> well, and keep in mind, like it's some parts of the rainforest are hard to get through today. Yeah. And this is 1740, yeah. you know, like or 1769. Right. So <laughs> they had not done as much uh, logging. Exactly. As we have right. done these yeah. days. 
she, you know, wandering through the thick jungle and then finally gets to an open field and she's like, ah, the McDonald's Grazelands, finally. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> well, okay, so Isabel's all alone. She's wandering around uh, away from the sandbar, right? They have left. Meanwhile, the doctor and Joaquin arrived back at the sandbar. Sure. They did come back. Yeah. But all they found were dead bodies and no trace of Isabel. So the doctor assumed she had died. And he sold all the belongings that she had left with him, and he started spreading the sad news around Damn. about her death, including to her father, Don Pedro, and right. her husband, Jean Godin. Oh, Don Pedro, of course, was waiting at the boat, right? That's right. Oh, jeez. And I'm assuming that both of them were like, let's just make sure. Like, we don't yeah. know. Wait, you you didn't right. see her body. You know what I mean? They yeah, must have fought sure. to keep the galley out there after this rumor was going oh, around that man. she had died. You know, there must have been some conversation with this captain. I mean, these guys are good at holding out hope, right? I mean, oh, it's been 20 years you. already. Yeah. He's uh, not amazing. about to turn around at this point. I just think it's incredible because uh, you know, he feels like the captain, especially after waiting four years already. Yeah. They're, he, they're like, oh, she died. You know, he's like, well, all right, time to turn around. Yeah, he's probably like somebody finally said it. Right. She's dead. You know, She's I've dead. been thinking it for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. And so Don Pedro was actually with the captain, unlike Jean Godin. Right. So Don Pedro must have been the one to really be like, don't you fucking leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, wanna, I want to see her dead body before I'm willing to give up. Yeah. Now, sources do get a little muddled here. But at some point, Joaquim and the doctor must have split up because Joaquim arrived in some town without Isabel and was actually arrested on suspicion of having murdered her. Oh, uh, excuse me. All right. He, like, he told them Isabel planned to free him as a reward for helping her on this journey. Oh, jeez. But I guess authorities must have decided that he killed her to free himself more quickly or something because mm -hmm. they just locked him up. I'm sure they're like, oh, a likely story. Right. They're not British. I don't know. Why British. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not going to try my Portuguese accent again. Um, okay, that's a smart idea. So poor Joaquim languishing in jail for a crime he didn't commit. Awful. But, of course, Isabel was not dead. That's right. She's incredibly determined and strong-willed. Again, she, she has not given up by now. She ain't going to give up in the jungle. She took off her dead brother's boots and carved them into a pair of sandals. And then she set off through the jungle alone. Now, remember, she started this journey as a pretty... 40-year-old matron riding in a sedan chair carried through the jungle accompanied with trunks of jewelry and fine clothes. And now, look at this badass. She's like bedraggled. She's starving. She's got like her clothes all ripped and tattered. So she's wearing a scarf as a shirt. Mm -hmm. And she was covered in bug bites and parasites. She's probably biting the heads off of little monkeys to survive. Oh, God. You know, it's like punching snakes left and right out of my way. Damn. Just smacking down mosquitoes. <laughs> but no, she had she had bot flies on her too and those literally leave maggots under your skin and in your GI tract. Ooh. So she's not feeling great. Nope. And she also didn't have a compass. She had no idea which direction she should go. So she just wandered alone for eight days in the rainforest before she finally collapsed exhausted on the jungle floor. Mm. But thankfully, she wasn't as alone as she thought she was, and we'll find out how this epic journey ends right after this. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? 
M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free welcome back everybody to the thrilling conclusion right. of isabel's journey through the rainforest so isabel had collapsed and she was close to death at this point but fortunately, she was found by a group of natives who were out hunting, including two women. And Isabel thought they might kill her because she looked so insane after all her days alone. Again, we, t- we kind of described it. She's starving. She's bedraggled. She's dirty. You know, she looks crazy. Oh. So she revealed herself. She told them who she was and what she was doing there. And the native women picked her up and they took her to their home, which was a nearby mission. And they nursed her back to health. They cleaned her bug bites. They rid her of the bot flies and the other parasites that she had. They gave her food and water and a safe place to sleep. And Isabel was there for a full month gaining her strength back. One of her hands was disabled and her hair turned permanently gray, but she was alive. Yeah, I would imagine that would take a toll on your hair. Oh, my God. And I wonder what happened to her hand. 
I mean, I maybe know. one of those monkeys, she was, <laughs> maybe one of those snakes bit <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, she punched a snake and, and broke it, her fingers. It, it punched back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, she's so grateful to these women who saved her life that she gave them one of the only nice things that she had left, two gold necklaces that she was wearing. And this would have been enough to set these ladies and their families up for life. I mean, fancy necklaces. These probably never, these people probably never saw that kind of gold. Mm-hmm. But guess what? The priests of the mission promptly confiscated the gold and gave the natives about three to four yards of cotton instead. Unbelievable. Oh, it's practically the same. I feel like three to four yards isn't even enough to make an outfit. No. Here's a, uh, let me check my pockets here. Ah, a length of yarn. Okay. Here you go. Oh, I know you just got, like, transformational wealth. Uh-huh. I will take that and replace it with some garbage. They tell them, like, oh, we we actually just got news from Europe. Actually, no one's using gold anymore, so that's pretty worthless. Why don't we take it off your hands? You know, the real currency of the future is three to four yards of copy. <laughs> it's the fabric of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Isabel finds out about this and she is furious. She's like, That's, that was my gift mm-hmm. to these ladies. But she was also very devout. So she felt like she couldn't talk back to the priests, mm-hmm. right? I'm just a woman. What can I do at this point? I'm sure she wanted to be like, oh, yeah. excuse me, you did what now? She's you like, hand that gold, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh, she's in the shower. She's saying all the things oh, she yeah. wants to oh, say. Yeah. <laughs> but she can't. Having a whole she's argument like... in her head. And then... They'd be down on the ground. They'd be saying, I'm so sorry, Miss Isabel. Please mm-hmm. forgive me. What can I do for you? That's right. And mm-hmm. I, would, I would be That's like, what I would say. be a better priest. Uh-huh. Think about your constituents, <laughs> <laughs> your flock. And then I would change the world. And from That's then right. on, everyone would have to behave different. Anyway, shower's over. We don't have showers here. <laughs> and now I got to go just be quiet and mm-hmm. not say anything. I better sit quietly, be seen and not heard. So she's super pissed. She knows she can't yell at these priests, but she could leave. Mm-hmm. So she did that. The biggest insult is just that I can do is just to walk away. But I'm not saying goodbye. Thank you very much. That's right. And a couple of the natives there helped her get finally to the waiting Portuguese galliot. It finally arrived. Her father's there. Oh, my God. I knew it. The captain is like, oops, I guess I was wrong. I thought she was dead. But here she is. <laughs> he like punches a hole through his captain's hat. Damn. Um, he'd been, he put a lot of money on it, I'm guessing. Speculation station, this guy put like 50 <laughs> doubloons. I don't know what they were using. Reals on, uh, on, on her, her being, being dead. dead? Yeah. Damn, he bet yeah. against Isabel. I mean, it bet four years. Never bet against Isabel. <laughs> no, okay? That's no. what he learned. That's why he punched his hat. That's right. Came through. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the month that she'd been recovering with these native women, uh, the story of her epic journey that she'd shared with them had started to get around. Mm-hmm. So as the galliot proceeded back towards French Guiana on the East Coast, she was apparently recognized and given grand receptions anywhere they stopped. They're like, oh, my God, you're the lady from the thing. That cool story we heard. Right. You're the lady Which... who's punching snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I kind of love because, like, these rumors all throughout this story you, you can kind of see a big game of telephone being yeah, sure. played all through a whole country. Uh-huh. And it just like, I don't know, to me, it just brings people to life because, you know, they're yeah. bored so that, you know, there's not that much going on in these small towns with the same five families living uh-huh. in them or whatever. <laughs> and so whenever you do hear a cool story, you tell everybody like yeah. if the word gets around. So even without newspapers and stuff like people were still, you know, 
pretty up no, on, yeah, on it'd information. Be like, it'd be like, you know, literally Captain Marvel shows up in your town and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I've heard all these stories oh about God, you. I used to read your comics. <laughs> I wonder how the telephone game did get misconstrued if they were like oh i heard you were punching snakes i heard you like would swing on vines through the treetops hell yeah the canopies i heard you were friends with a bunch of singing gorillas oh my god who did an in sync song that's right you know? they, they would play all your silverware <laughs> right <laughs> i do not know if there are gorillas in the amazon and i didn't take the time to check before i made that joke and i, I don't, don't care. think so <laughs> <laughs> well anyway so that's kind of nice she had a really tough Time getting to this ship, but then at, on her way up the river, she was getting some nice yeah. petty fours and right, shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> all these little ports. <laughs> Baked you this cake for your troubles, hey, lady. Not too bad. So finally, 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 on July 22nd, 1770, the galliot docked in French Guiana, and Isabel and Jean saw each other again for the first time in 21 years. Oh my god, incredible. He's like, oh, your hair turned gray. Hmm. Uh, she's like, you're, you know you're 14 years older than me, right? <laughs> your hair also turned gray. Yeah, whatever hair uh, you got left is gray now. <laughs> so, no. You wrinkled his hair. Very happy, clearly, to see each other in any state. Oh my god. It also took 10 months for her to get there, by the way. Uh, oh, since 10 she months left after she had left. L- uh, La-, La Bamba? La Bamba. <laughs> After she yes. left. Uh, Guzman, I guess. Oh, Guzman, that's Rio right. Bamba. She was in, not Rio Bamba. Guzman, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jean had tears in his eyes when he saw her. Sure. He embraced her. He called her, quote, my cherished wife. Um, Rejectedprincesses.com is a great website. Love where, that site. I love it. And it's where I got lot, most of this story. They had the best sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say that th- not much of Isabel's writing survives today, but quite a lot of Jean's does, oh. probably because all them letters he was sent out. Of the right, yeah. <laughs> and he apparently was always going on and on and on about how smart and beautiful and kind Isabel was and oh. how much he admired her and loved her and stuff. So he was just a real wife guy. And even <laughs> though he had plenty of opportunities to give up on her, I mean, he even heard that she might already be dead. Right. He never gave up. Oh. And so he clearly was pretty obsessed with her and obviously she with him because right. she went, she could have turned around anytime and like, okay, forget that French man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that too. Hang out back at home where I'm safe. So these guys were like soulmates. Nothing. Not a jungle. Not a bot fly. Not the Portuguese government. Nobody was going to keep them apart. That's right. Now, one piece of Isabel's writing does still exist, and it was a strongly worded letter that she sent to the people who had arrested her faithful servant, Joaquin. Oh, good. Yes. Very faithful, <laughs> because she said she would he... give her him his freedom. Right. And also, like, he couldn't really not be faithful. Right. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but he was still languishing in jail. And as soon as Isabel caught wind of this... She wrote to them demanding that they exonerate him and immediately free him, not just from jail, but from slavery, as she had promised him so many months ago. Yay. Right. She's like, do you know who I am? I will personally walk through the jungle over there, (laughs) bring my new bot fly friends with me, and they're going to lay some maggots in your belly. Okay, I survived bot flies, (laughs) smallpox, snakes. Uh I can survive you. I will punch you Uh in the face. Well, it worked. They got that letter. They were shaken in their boots. <laughs> they were like, we do not want this lady to show up. And Joaquin was released to live his life as a free man. Yay! 
exciting. I'm so glad to get a wrap up to his story. I too. hope she cut him a check too. I know. You I know? feel like he deserves uh-huh. more than. I mean, he he went through it too. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. Besides well, just plus, the jail, he also had to go through the jungle. I mean, for real. He probably had some bot flies himself. And plus, Definitely I mean, did. you know, you don't. It's just like, okay, you're free now. Okay. There you go. He's go, like, cool. go ahead. Walk into the jungle. Like, I, you know, I got nothing for you. I'm free in this town that arrested right. me and thinks I'm right. guilty of murder. So cool. Hopefully <laughs> she sent him a couple of gold necklaces or something. Get a plot of land somewhere. Right. Or... Well, Isabelle and Jean lived in Cayenne in French Guiana for a few years. And then they finally moved back to France along with Isabelle's father, Don Pedro. Oh. And he died in 1780. Jean was promoted in the science world because he had used his 20 years in French Guiana wisely. He oh, wasn't good. just writing letters yeah. trying to start a war. <laughs> right. He was also exploring the area and collected around 7,000 species of plants. Wow. So when they got to France, he gifted his collection to the Museum of Natural History, where they still are today. Oh, cool. Like pressed leaves and... I guess so, and like <laughs> drawings and like yeah. descriptions, I guess. Oh, that's cool. Maybe some like vials of like mm-hmm. you know sap or something sure, <laughs> I don't know vials I don't know how of it works sap to that's what people want plants <laughs> <laughs> well anyway his collection was really impressive and of course he also had all of the plant life and and wildlife and stuff that he had studied and cataloged in Riobamba as well right. so he had quite a lot of information and he was elected a member of the French Academy of Science in 1784. Oh, he nice. spent most of the rest of his life kind of getting his notes together from his decades of exploring the Amazon. Oh, jeez. So it's like something you could actually like read and learn from. Uh, this is why, you know, just stay organized throughout because otherwise you're going to spend the last third of your life you know, <laughs> right, going through like your organizing. own crap. And like, <laughs> what did I mean when I said this? Oh, my God. Was this before? Honey, oh. was this before or after I found you? On the river. Oh, here's that letter where I called the Portuguese king a fat bitch. I'm glad I never sent that. <laughs> I thought I did. Things huh. could have turned out differently. I guess that's why we didn't get into a war. <laughs> well, Isabel lived quietly among Jean's relatives. They said that she never spoke of her harrowing journey. Oh. But sometimes she would take a pair of sandals and a cotton dress out of an ebony box and just sit looking at them in silence. Oh, wow. Remembering. Wow. She probably had some pretty intense PTSD. Seriously. She's like, I'm not living through this to tell you Uh -uh. about it. But it does make me wonder, like, who recorded this trip so that we have these details. So somebody must have, she she must have told someone or the doctor did or somebody to to record all these details. Cut to uh, Joaquin. In Steven Spielberg's office, being like, and then I had to leave the sandbar and this poor Isabel behind. I actually that would be amazing if 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 Joaquin was just like Isabel was just great. You know, she was a sweet lady. I uh-huh. liked working for her. She wasn't a piece of shit to be to be owned by. Right. Um, and she gave me my freedom as she promised. Right. So pretty cool of yes, her. Yes, just like Aladdin. She you know, came exactly. Through in the end. Aladdin came through in the end. And so he's like, I'm going to tell this story and she's going to be punching snakes. She's yes. going to be freaking scaling <laughs> mountains all by herself. Right. She's <laughs> wearing like, a scarf she, as a shirt. He turns her into this amazing hero. Uh-huh. No, she really, I think she really did do all this stuff. But I don't think it was a fake story <laughs> or anything. But that would be kind of cool to Joaquin. Well, Jean Godin des Odonais died in March of 1792 at 78 years old. And only six months later in September, Isabel passed away. She was 64. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, surely 
kind of a ripe old age in the late 1700s, probably. That's true. But also, yeah, you got to imagine that, I don't know, these two were so devoted to each other. It was like our whole, uh, a third of our lives were spent getting back to each other. Right. I, I do wonder, because she was definitely not well. You know, she wasn't, right. she never was back to full health and wellness or anything after this insane sure. trip. Sure, sure. Um, but I think I kind of agree with you. I feel like she was just like, well, I already decided life was not worth living without you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would go through anything to be with you and now you're not here. So the next adventure for us to go on together is death. Maybe. I also really like there's some, uh, some math in here, uh, that they spent 21 years apart mm-hmm. and then they lived 22 years together and they were like, we got one more year oh. together than we did apart. That's, that's good. Does that include the six years before he left? No, no. I'm just saying just once after. they got back, okay, they gotcha. they met up Check in 1770 and then died in 1792. Mm-hmm. No, um, that's nice. Yeah. I'm glad they got more time together than apart. Yeah. Because I was definitely, I was sitting there typing this out like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I spent 21 years to get 10 years or whatever. But right. no, that's good. I'm glad they got a little and more time better together. years too. Because, you know, oh, yeah. your 30s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you really want to... Your forties through sixties; those are the those are the golden years with your spouse, right? I hope so. Mm. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> they, they, these past few years have not been golden. Nah, <laughs> I guess. Take it or leave I'm it. supposed to take from that. Jeez. <laughs> Whatever. Traveling around the world, making art together. I don't. Would you travel through the jung- the the Amazon rainforest to to find me? Oh, I was going to ask that about you. Um, I'll start. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, same. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I would do everything in my power to try and get a helicopter or a hot air balloon or any number of options. I would even take a boat down the river. Aww. Um, a canoe. Uh, walking? Um, look. Walking? Walking? On foot. I uh, okay. Here's the thing. I established early in our getting to know each other <laughs> that there's a couple of biomes that I don't particularly <laughs> care to experience. Biomes. And I'm a I'm a traveler. I love new experiences. Right. But there's so much in the world. I'm never going to see all of it. Right. So I put deep in the rainforest, <laughs> low on my list of goals um okay because and here's the thing my two least favorite things and i say this as someone who lives in georgia (laughs) are humidity (laughs) and bugs i don't like it i don't like the way i feel right um but of course i would uh, yes i would do it i would walk through the rainforest for you thanks babe i know i would i would never you would never hear the end of it Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> it would never. That's I would never stop saying. That's the difference between us and Isabel. Jean yeah. would never hear the end. <laughs> Every time some argument sprang up between them, she'd be like, do you know what I have been through? <laughs> yeah. You ever had a bot fly maggots in your stomach? Huh, I didn't think so. You know huh. why? Because you didn't walk through the damn jungle <laughs> to get to me. I walked through. Yeah. I don't know. She's. I feel like she was better than me for never speaking about it. <laughs> <laughs> She is better than I'll me. I'll be like, I'm writing six books. I'm oh getting on God. 60 Minutes. <laughs> I'm right. getting Where's my Oprah? movie deal. 
I want to talk to Oprah. Uh huh. Drew Barrymore. Mm hmm. I want a movie made about me, an HBO series, Uh and a Broadway play. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a mass singer. (laughs) Right. They'd probably actually know what they would do is have Isabel host some kind of dating show. So she could be like, what would you do for love? You know what I mean? Oh, wow. You know what? We all know what I've done for love. Will you eat a scorpion or whatever? Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like a fear factor meets, uh, you know, The Bachelor. And then later she's like, I thought that I had experienced the worst hell a person could go through. And then I worked in reality television. <laughs> take me back to the take rainforest. Me to the, take me back to the bot flies. I wish I was in that sandbar again. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I love this story. I mean, this is devotion. Oh, for real. We've, we've, we've been building like a catalog, I think, of stories. There's a category in our show somewhere of people who've like really dealt with the wilderness yeah. To get to someone they love. I'm thinking about uh, the guy who carved the staircase in the mountain. I know, right? Or we also had those Arctic explorers, the, Arctic the Inuit. Explorers. That yeah. were, they Tickly were actually too, together, terrific. right? They weren't trying to get to one another. Right. But they yeah. did have to deal with some really crazy wilderness, uh-huh. that's for sure. It really makes you think about love and devotion in a whole new way. You know, I think also, because you, you mentioned Tukalitu and Apirvik and... Mm-hmm. And and they were total badasses. Of course, they grew up in that environment, so they had no trouble with it. Right. But even people like Isabel, who who show me that we're so resilient mm-hmm. and uh, and tough, even when we think we're not. So actually, maybe I would do better trekking through the rainforest than I think I would. Because Isabel, I mean, she was a rich lady in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. I got to imagine, I hope I'm not softer than her <laughs> that's i could i could uh i could handle it if i had to well in jean wilson murray's essay uh-huh. she's kind of asking the question like how was isabel able to survive over everybody else true party yeah and one of the reasons was she was a little plump so she had some fat to lose i oh, guess okay. she had you know some stores of fat to keep her alive um, I don't know how accurate that is, but okay. she was very faithful. She prayed a lot through her trips. So right. at least for Jean, that that seemed to be a, a reason. But I think mainly it's because she had a goal. Like she right. had a very clear reason for being there. So even if like maybe her brothers had not died, they might have given up on the journey eventually. You mm. know what I mean? Because they, yeah. you know, they had very more... I guess, more vague reasons for going. You know what I mean? To this, yeah. to this other coast where she's like, that's, I, I have to get to him. I love him. He's the thread that is pulling me inexorably in this direction. And there's something to be said, like the human spirit with a goal like that, you know, you do, you do end up adapting to some really crazy situations and, and, and living through and dealing with insane stuff. When yeah. there's something like that at the end of the, you know, rainbow for you. I think we've seen on this show several times how that there's there's something to that, that mm-hmm. that dedication and that motivation, like it can get you through a lot. I mean, it might be all there is. <laughs> right. So if you're so if you're at the end of the jungle, mm-hmm. uh, I've got the motivation, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I will say I've got my own version of of that faith that she kept. <laughs> and um you know, I've been preparing for the uh, for the fat stores for the last couple of <laughs> years. So maybe maybe it'd be all right. Maybe all right. Maybe that's this whole since 2020. I've just been getting ready for my hike through the rainforest. Maybe. Well, I'd that, still that's like to cool. avoid it. You should say that. 
You should be like, I've actually just been getting I'm ready actually, for yeah. the haiku, though. I've, I've got my, uh, my uh, high school reunion coming up. I'll just <laughs> tell everybody, like, actually, I'm preparing for a trek through the rainforest. That's why I'm in such bad shape. <laughs> it's going to really help me out. I heard about this lady. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is the way to go. Eli, you having a hard time with the stairs there? Yeah, don't worry. I'm just getting ready for a hike through the Amazon rainforest. This is this is the what's going to make the difference between victory and defeat. Ten months. <sighs> Give me a second. Give me a second. I'll be up in a minute. It's going to take me ten months to get up these stairs. <laughs> it's like three steps. Aww. <laughs> nah. Look, I haven't hit the gym in a while. Well, well, what a what an awesome story about some beautiful people. Right. I'm happy for them. Yeah. I'm glad they got to be back together. Yeah. Well, thanks again to Simon at Chinguetti one on Twitter for this suggestion. Yeah. This was awesome story to go through and learn about. And again, just makes me think about love and devotion in a whole new way. For real. But, you know, we love and are devoted to you, listener. And we love to hear from you. So please reach out. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Give us other suggestions. Uh, tell us how far you'd walk for your loved ones, uh, whether that's one foot or 3,000 miles. Our email address is ridicromance at gmail.com. That's right. Or you can find us on Instagram. I'm at oh great, it's Eli. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And the show is at Ridic Romance. That's right. And we really appreciate you for spending your time with us. Yeah. And we can't wait to bring another story to you yet. We'll catch you in the next one. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and dance to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free cnn underscore's guide to sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever all right let's face it most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point and there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights that's why the cnn underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep